Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. This show exists to connect Black, Brown, and Indigenous women who are interested in sustainability. Our goal is to inspire, encourage, and educate each other. From gardening, to thrifting, to minimalism, to veganism, and everywhere in between. We are all on a journey to taking care of our bodies and our planet. I'm your host, Ariel Green. Before we get started with today's episode, I just want to let you know that this is the last episode for season one of the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. Thank you so much for listening to, sharing, and reviewing the podcast this season. We've interviewed some incredible women, and I look forward to sharing new episodes in October. In the meantime, be sure to follow us on Instagram and join the Facebook group to continue the discussion. Women of color are starting businesses faster than any other demographic. It's so exciting to see brown women starting businesses and more specifically starting sustainable businesses. Today's featured sustainable brown girl is Savan Anderson, the founder and creative director of Aya Paper Co., a sustainable stationery brand. I'm so excited to talk to Savan to learn more about Aya Paper Co. and how she's building a sustainable business. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you. Yeah. So let's just start at the beginning. Before we get into your business, tell us about yourself and your journey. How did you become interested in sustainability? So um, I'm from Newark, New Jersey. That's where I was born and raised. And I didn't really get on a sustainability journey, journey. And what I like to describe it is a relationship with the earth. That's how I think of my sustainability journey. And I really got on, started that journey when I was living in New York. Um, I went to college in New York. Um, I started there in 2013. And when I graduated in 2017, that was when I started to really take my relationship with the earth seriously, because it was the first time that I got to make decisions about what I wanted my life to look like. Growing up, you know, I was doing a lot of things like whatever my parents were doing, and I didn't really question many things. And it wasn't until I graduated school and was like, okay, this is my own place and I can live how I want to live that I started to think with more intention about like, what are the things that I'm going to buy? How am I going to furnish my home? How am I going to take care of myself? How am I going to nourish myself? What do I want to spend in my free time? And it was during then that I realized that I wanted a respect and for the protection and a relationship with the earth to be at the center of that. So that's kind of what started my journey. Absolutely. So what about like, maybe what were the first steps that you, that you took when you started your sustainable journey? Like any good millennial, it was definitely being a plant mom. Yes. <laughs> I was getting my apartment. I was like, okay. And I'm like my two big things when I got my own place were like, okay, natural light, white sheets, plants, like those are the things that I need. And even still now, like in my room, white sheets, natural light plants, like those are my um, top three. So I went around buying plants and was just like taking more time to figure out like, how does this grow? How do I take care of this thing? And that was something that I was excited about doing because growing up my grandmother, she had plants and I never really paid attention to it, but she always loved to have her plants and take care of them. 
and she had passed at the time. So it was kind of something that I was doing that reminded me of her and something that I just wanted to like pour time into. And the more that I did, the more I got interested in like, okay, because I had an aloe plant. So one of my plants was aloe and I was, and I got a cut one time and I was like, let me just cut my plant and see what this does. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love that I can do this. And that was kind of like the slippery slope into making my own rose water and all these other things. And it started to help me to think about the way that society has commercialized earth in a lot of ways and like we use rose water and we use aloe vera gel but it's usually like packaged and has preservatives that someone else did so it just made me to start think about the world in a whole nother way and wanting to kind of get rid of the middleman and the excess in a lot of different ways and get to the source yeah definitely i think consumerism is like one of the biggest things that helps like to separate us from the earth, you know, cause it's like, exactly. you, like you said, you have all those middlemen and stuff and it just kind of takes you out of the process. Exactly. Um, and I've, it's really exciting for me to put myself back into that process and to see how by me doing that and sharing parts of my journey that it encourages people around me to do the same thing. Yes, that's so important. So now, um, I love all of the designs on Aya Paper yeah. Co. Um, I like the neutral, the neutral earth tones and the minimalist illustrations of brown people, the women empowerment messages. It's all just so perfect. So (laughs) can you talk to us about why you started your company? Yes. This question, I always give a different answer because there are so many reasons. Yeah. But um, so I'm a graphic designer. Before I did Aya full time, I was a graphic designer at an art museum in New York. So um, I was designing there for a while and I kind of always knew that I wanted to have my own business growing up. My dad's an entrepreneur and has been for most of my life. So just kind of seeing the way that you can live your life when you're kind of in control of it, um, of your career um, in that way. It was always really appealing to me so I wanted to I wanted to do that and when I was at my job I had only been there for maybe two and a half years um, fresh out of college my first job and I was already feeling like okay I've reached my maximum capacity here and it was a great job I really enjoyed it but it was like I need to be challenged I want to do more and I've always kind of been a bit of an overachiever growing up so it didn't really surprise many people I was like I'm gonna start another thing <laughs> to do so um, I was thinking about what it was that I wanted this business idea to be. And I wasn't in a rush necessarily to just start something. I wanted it to be something that came to me kind of authentically and something that I had started doing over like um, probably around like 2017 was I would, if my friends sent me like a text or something that I thought was really nice, I would like write it down and I took screenshots and um, a list in my notes of different messages and I was like I didn't know what I was going to do with them at the time I thought maybe I would like design some graphics for social media or something but um yeah I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with them and at one point I didn't even I can't remember what the exact impetus was but I said let me make some cards and just sell them on my design website just to see if people are interested so the first few there those messages are still actually on cards so women like you make life so much sweeter and you are so smart, strong, and beautiful, and the world is lucky to have you. Those were like the two original ones that like I just did. I like, printed them on some website with like my name on the back, and they sold out in like a week. I was like, oh wow. my god, people want this. People want to see stuff like this. So that made me feel like I should take it more seriously. So that was in like fall of 2018 when that happened. So in December, I was like, okay, I'm going into a new year. What are the things that I want to do? 
I want to start a business and I want it to be like, I want to stick with this stationary, but in order for it to be like a real business, I had, I was thinking about like, what is going to make me different or like what impact do I want to have? Because I'm all about starting businesses to do something with it, not just for the sake of producing something. So as I was, as I said, really getting into my um, relationship with the earth, I was like, okay, how can I bring these two things together? Stationery is made from paper, paper is made from trees, trees come from the earth. Thinking about, okay, how do I create this product without depleting that resource that is helping me to create it? So that's when I decided like everything would be 100% recycled. And then I was like, okay, but a step further, then all of the packaging is also going to be sustainable. There's going to be no plastic in anything. And through like the marketing and social media, we can help people to understand why it's important to be a conscious consumer and to know kind of where the products that you have are coming from. So I really, I think it was just like kind of the perfect merge of like my design mind and my desire to be a business owner and to make a positive impact on the earth. And they just came together for the perfect storm. Yeah, it is perfect. And I like that you said um, that you wanted to you know, benefit the earth and to help other people see the sustainable aspect of it, because I, you know, I notice a lot, especially with the older generation of Black people, they don't really think so much about that. Yeah. But I think by seeing it, seeing how beautiful your cards are, and then seeing that they're sustainable, it's a good introduction to it and, you know, helps them start thinking further. That's exactly what it was. Like when I started the business, actually, I was thinking about it in the opposite way. It was like, oh, these are sustainable cards, sustainable, recycled. Like that's what I want to push. And then I, there was early on, I like realized that I had to make a switch in that because the reason that people would come up to my table at like marketplace and events was because they loved the designs. It was so beautiful and it made them feel seen and it made them want to send it to somebody and spread that joy to others. So I was like, okay, that's what people love about it. And this is just like something else that I can do to kind of sneak in this extra knowledge and to like get to them to be more aware. Cause that would happen. They were like, oh, this is so great. And I'd be like, oh yeah. And it's hundred percent recycled. And then they'd be sold. So that was definitely um, something that I didn't think about early on as far as like which one had to take the forefront, but I definitely notice it now. And it makes me really happy to see how many black people and women and queer people like are able to see themselves in the cards and be able to like share that with others. Yes, so perfect. Um, so I saw a video on Instagram when you were first starting out last year and you talked about having to change your, the size of your cards based on the recommendations of your printer. Mm -hmm. So um, what factors have you had to consider as being a sustainable stationary brand? Hmm, there's so many, like definitely like the production, that was like the earliest challenge was like, okay, I have to find a printer that I wanna work with that is gonna know they don't have to necessarily know more than me, but they need to know just as much as me and be able to, you know, have knowledge about things that I might not know about to help me make those decisions like that about the paper size. So once I got that, it was like, okay, this is good. And then it was like a domino effect of other things. So like packaging was the next big thing, which is I still kind of struggle with like for sets. So scaling a business sustainably is where you'll have pain points. Doing a small sustainable business, that's more manageable because if you're getting a certain amount of orders that you can manage, then it's okay. But for me, I started to find these challenges when my business started to grow because it was like, 
at one point I was using, like, I just had scrap pieces of cards and paper and that's what I wrote thank you notes on. And then it was like, oh, I don't have enough scrap pieces of paper to keep up with this and to write like the long notes with all the information that I used to. So it's like, okay, now I need to print thank you notes and have like a different system in place. So that was like one way I had to scale, but it could still be recycled paper. Um, and then like with sending out orders, it's like, okay, what type of packaging am I, am I gonna use? And a lot of the things that I was looking up when I saw like recycled or like eco-friendly mailers, they're like poly mailers, which are like soft, but that doesn't work well with like cards that are kind of fragile, you don't want bent up. So I had to like do a lot of research to find like the best way to do that. And like doing packaging sets of cards without plastic is really hard. <laughs> so yeah. At one point I was hand tying everything with like twine. So it was like four cards, four envelopes, hand tie. And me and my friend would like be up for like four hours, like at 2 a.m. Like packing sets the day before events. Because it's like, we can't do it on the spot. At first I was doing it, like as people bought them, but then it was like, oh no, we need to prepare them ahead because it takes too much time. And now I have these boxes. They're um, still, they're made of um, recycled paper craft boxes, but they don't have like a clear plastic film on the front like you know a lot of boxes do so it's just like open which has been fine right now but it's like as i'm continuing to scale like well certain retailers want something that can like be protected so people like can return it and things like that so definitely it's a scaling <laughs> dilemma like every time the business grows which is great it's like okay how can i continue to be sustainable at this scale and then knowing when I might get to a point where it's like, this is the limit for it to be sustainable and knowing like that capacity. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. So you mentioned that you like, obviously people are liking to buy your stuff and how you've done some pop-up shops and stuff like that. So with COVID, how has that affected your business? And um, like, what has been the general response after, you know, in this new time period? It was really concerning for me at first. I didn't let anyone know that I was concerned, but I was. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I just had left my full-time job in February of this year. So I was like, I'm gonna do IF full-time and I'm gonna commit to it. Because at that point, most of the money I was making was at events. So it was like, I can't work and do events because it was just too much. I never had a break because I was doing my business on the weekends and doing my nine to five during the week. And it was just becoming a lot. And I knew that I had the potential to grow. So I had to put more time into it. So I made that transition. And then like um, less than a month later, COVID came and they're like, we're shutting down. So in March, like my sales were the lowest that they'd been since maybe when I launched. Wow. And that was mostly because I was like trying to figure out myself, like, what am I going to do here? And like, because there were no events. So it's like, okay, now I have to transition to being in an online business. Like I had a website before and people could order things, but that's not where I was getting most of my business from. It was when people came and saw me. So I had to change my mindset from being a marketplace vendor to being an e-commerce shop. Yeah. So I, March was like the time when I was doing that. And it was kind of good because, you know, I was stuck in the house. So I was like, okay, let me update my website. Let me figure out some new designs. Let me figure out who do I need to be on my team to like help me do this? What are we going to talk about on social? So it was definitely like a pivot moment. And I think I always tell people, I think one of the most important traits to have as a small business owner is the ability to pivot and adjust to change. Like if you're too stuck on this is how it has to be, it just keeps you from growing. And I'm, like I said, I made that pivot in March and then April sales started to go back up. And now I, I don't see myself transitioning back into doing 
events or marketplaces necessarily. Maybe like a year from now when things are like super safe, then I would do it. But now it doesn't seem like it's worth it for me from like a time and energy standpoint. And also like the, it takes a lot for me to like pack up a car and drive to wherever I'm going and stay there all day. It was like a real energy suck. So it, it wasn't sustainable for me um, as a business owner, like to do all of that all the time. So this is definitely like makes me feel better. And yeah, it's been really great. The being online, there are so many, so many people around. Well, I, I only do um, domestic shipping right now, but they're internationally as well. Like there are so many people who are interested in the products and want to buy them. So I just had to change my mindset to be like, okay, even though I can't see people in person, which doesn't feel great. Like it's nice to know that I can still connect and help them connect with their loved ones. Cause no one can see each other right now. Right. And I think that that's been a real benefit because people more than ever, like you can always send a text or an email, but there's something very special about sending someone a card in the mail or giving them something for their birthday with like a note in it. And I think that right now in this moment, that's what people are trying to do more of to maintain some of that um, human interaction with something that's tangible. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you said, it is so important right now. Just, um, you know, since a lot of us aren't able to hang out with our friends, you know, you want to send them something. No birthday parties should be going on right now. (laughs) So it's really nice just to send them a note that's so cute and just to, you know, let them know that you're thinking of them. So, yeah. Yeah. And I saw that you were featured in Allure and E and a couple of other online websites. That's been so, that's like the most surreal part of it all. Like when individual people are like reaching out to you and things like that means that feels so good because you know that it's connecting people like on such an intimate level and for them to take the time to like let you know that they really loved it and like show you a picture and like share with their audience like that feels really good. But when it comes to like that mega like big audience of like press, it's it's good to have because I know that that means good for the business. And I think it's also really important for people to see that sustainable businesses owned by black women exist and that stationary brands cater to people of color exist. So I think it makes me feel really happy to know that I'm providing representation for a lot of people and especially for other people who want to do something similar because there's that's something that happens a lot whenever there's big press or people see me at events, they're like, oh, this is so cool. I've always wanted to do something like this, but I didn't think that I could. And I'm like, no, do it. So that's my favorite thing about the press. Not necessarily, like sometimes it helps with like boosting sales and things, but for me, it's about the visibility and for people to know that this exists so that they can do it too. Exactly. Yeah, it's so important to see other people of color um, working in sustainability and just, you know, doing something like this is it's like you said, it makes you feel like you can do it, too. Exactly. And just like to follow your own path, because like there's I think that people, you know, you can only dream what you've seen. Mm -hmm. So I think that sometimes seeing someone do something that you've never seen before makes your own world so much bigger and helps you to imagine different things and helps you to see, you know, what the possibilities are for you and the people around you. Absolutely. So if someone was wanting to start their own sustainable business, what tips would you offer them? Research, research, network, Research and network. I think those are the two things. Oh, and also do like, this isn't just sustainable business, but this is like business in general, always like test whatever your idea is before like launching it. 
Mm. Like that's kind of what I did unintentionally, like by doing it on my personal website first. But if you have a great idea, do like a soft launch or something to see what the interest is, because sometimes you'll be surprised and be like, oh, so many people are interested in it. But other times you might be like, oh, am I the only person who likes this? Is this a hobby? <laughs> Which is fine too, but you just got to know. Or like, is this something just nice to just do for like your friends? So I think that like testing is all like the testing the product or the business is always important. But with research, like when it comes to having a sustainable business, you have to hold yourself accountable because there's not a lot of people who might be around you to ask you the important questions. And there's not a lot of like formal regulations around how you can say something is like recycled or natural and all this stuff. So you have to be the one to be like, what do these terms mean? What is it that I want to do? And how do I communicate that effectively? So for me, that's the most important thing with a sustainable business is knowing what your product is and knowing it inside and out and being able to communicate that to other people and networking. When I was just like starting to talk to other people about Aya, I was at some networking event and I talked to um, this one girl there and she was like, oh, this is so exciting. Her name is Sahida and Sahida and I are still really good friends. And she's like, do you know Dominique Drakeford? She's really great. You should reach out to her. I was like, I follow her, but I've never reached out. She was like, no, you should. She's so cool. So I literally sent her a DM and she was like, yeah, let's get together. We got together for coffee like two weeks later. And she sat down with me and like heard all my ideas and was just like so affirming and like asked me the positive questions asked me like what she could do to support me. And that meant a lot for me to hear someone else who's in this community to listen to my idea and communicate that, you know, this is something that people need. This is something that isn't re like really represented right now. And you're on the right path, but this is how you can improve it from a sustainability perspective. So I think that don't be afraid to like talk to other people who may know more than you to see what their thoughts are and to like ask the questions so that you can avoid like making costly mistakes. Right. Yeah. Great tips. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And I can be that person. Like if anybody has questions about sustainability or business and like doing it the right way or like what questions to ask, I'm always happy to answer like questions via DM or email. Yeah. It's so important for us to be a resource to other people coming up, especially, you know, in the black and brown community. Exactly. Because like, so like we don't always realize how, it's not that we have a limited network, but we're not tapping into it the way that white people do. Like they know their network and they reach out to them when they need anything. So I think that within our community, we need to be more comfortable with like, you know, asking and also sharing the resources because that's how we all elevate together. Like it doesn't have to be competition all the time because the same way that I might help you now, maybe later I'll need something from you so that yeah. we can, you know, serve me. Yeah, exactly. Just keep it going. Mm -hmm. So what's next for Aya Paper Co? Oh, what's next? I, right now, I'm already prepping for holiday. And I'm a little behind, actually. So that's like the next big thing right now, like internally is figuring out holiday stuff. Um, people really want shipping to Canada and international. So hopefully next year we can do some international shipping and carbon um, offset. That's like the next big thing that I want to do as well. My website is hosted through Shopify. So there are some plugins and things that I'm looking into to see a way that we can do that. Um, because even though everything is, you know, um, all the packaging is zero waste and recyclable, I definitely want to take the step further because like 
as the business grows, the more that we ship, it's only going to have more of an impact. So I think that doing carbon offset and either building that into the shipping and handling fees or giving customers the option to do it is definitely something that I want to do soon. Yeah, that's great. I've seen some websites where they do have where you can opt in for a couple of cents <laughs> or a couple dollars for yeah, the carbon. It's usually not too much. So yeah. I definitely want to integrate that and some other like, um, sustainable aspects into like the checkout and like the shopping process online because yeah. I think that e-commerce is e-commerce is such a popular like business industry right now but I don't think that it's being done as sustainably as it could like it's definitely like has its benefits over in-person shopping but I think that I definitely want to figure out ways to make it even more sustainable through IA, like by learning from what other people have done and like doing my research again, like the research never stops. <laughs> so doing more research and digging and testing different things to see um, how we can reduce our impacts even more. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so last question before we get, or one question before we get to our last question, where can everyone find you and IA Paper Co.? Okay, so you can find me on Instagram at simply savon, simply.savonne, and you can find Aya on Instagram at ayapaper.co, and the website is also ayapaper.co, so that's where you can find us and shop online. Yes, please go do it. Everything she offers is so beautiful. You won't be disappointed. Yes. And if you sign up for the email list, you get 15% off your first order. So do that too. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Savan, last question. What is one thing anyone can do to be more sustainable? One thing that anyone can do to be more sustainable. My go-to is always um, your water bottle. How do you consume water? I think that it's something that we do every day and so much, but don't always think about it because of, you know, if you're used to being in a house where you get um, a pack of like 34 single use water bottles, that's how you consume. But you can even get one two liter plastic bottle and just continue to refill it. Maybe instead of buying the bottles, you get like a big jug to refill at home. So there's no one solution, but I think that one thing everyone can do is just to be a little bit more analytical and think about how you're consuming water and try to make it more sustainable. Yes, so perfect. I totally agree. That's one of the first steps that I think a lot of people mm -hmm. can take. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it doesn't have to be like super expensive. Like there are lots of nice bottles you can get if you want to splurge, but like a mason jar at home works. Like I said, a reused two liter bottle works. Um, a metal canister works. Like be creative with it. Yeah, absolutely. So many options and affordable options. So you can even get a water bottle from the thrift store. Exactly. There's so many options. Take advantage of them. I love secondhand shopping now. That's like the thing that 2020, like on my 2020 sustainability journey that I didn't, I wasn't too much into secondhand before, but I've definitely gotten way more comfortable with it, especially with like furniture and home goods and things like that. Yeah. And there's so many options for secondhand shopping now too. Like it's not just the thrift Market store. It's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on there every day. It's really bad, but yeah. that's a great resource. I got a bike off of there. Most of wow. my office furniture is from there. It's good. Yeah, definitely. And offer up, let go. Like mm -hmm. if you have a buy nothing group near you, all of those things. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thanks so much, Savan, for joining us today. It was really great talking to you. Thank you so much. I'm happy that we were able to do it.
Thank you so much for listening to this Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share it if you loved it and leave a review. You can find us on Instagram at Sustainable Brown Girl and check out our Facebook community. We would love to have you there. Until next time, let's continue to make healthy choices for the health of our planet and the health of our bodies. Thanks for listening.